most popular technology radio. Your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Now, here's your host. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Popular Technology Radio. I happen to be Mike Etchard, and I happen to be sitting in Las Vegas. We are at the Consumer Electronics Show, and oh boy, my feet hurt. It is a gigantic event. This is not open to the public, but somehow about 150,000 people somehow managed to get in this place, and it's spread out all over Las Vegas. And it's kind of old home week. I get to see people that I still talk to, but I don't see very often, like the gentleman before me. He is a freelance tech and travel writer for CNET and the New York Times. He is none other than Jeff Morrison. Jeff, so good to see you. Good to see you in person. You know, it's, it's, I, it's the last ages. time I saw you was last year. I think you're right. At this event. Yes. This event. We yep. happen to be in a different part of the South Hall. Yep. But uh, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. And, you know, you mentioned before we came on, this is your 20th CES. Ugh, yep. Say it loud, say it proud. I started when I was five. That's so. Yes, you did. And I believe my first CES was 96. And I can't remember if I missed one. Mm. I might have missed one between there. So that, for me, is 34 years. No, 24 years. Sorry. Where's my math? Math (laughs) challenge. And what do you remember about that first CES? Well, the first thing that I remember is it's a bit of a rite of passage, I think, for anyone at CES, is that the hotel that I stayed in at the time no longer exists. <laughs> That's right. It is, well, that could have been last year's hotel, yeah, too. You know? yeah, that, is, that is Vegas for you. Yes, yeah. it is Vegas for you. Uh, but I was just thinking that walking around today. I think one of the biggest changes, at least in my tenure, which is obviously not short anymore. I mean, I've yeah, 20 years. That's 20 fair. years. It's 20 years. But 20 years ago, it was predominantly Japanese companies, mm-hmm. a few Korean companies, mm-hmm. and then maybe over across at the Hilton, there was like these tiny little booths of Chinese companies selling parts and stuff. Right. And now, walking around, there's a handful of Japanese companies, but mm-hmm. the booths are a lot smaller. Yes. There are massive booths by Korean companies, two in particular, of course. But then huge booths, multiple huge booths from Chinese companies that yes. 20 years ago either didn't exist or we'd never heard of. Or they weren't, they were, they were, they existed in China. Right. Companies that that made products for their home market. Like we've talked about TCL on the show before, oh and boy. their booth now is is big, maybe bigger than Panasonic's booth. Yes. And Panasonic doesn't even sell TVs in the U.S. anymore. Right. Stunning. So, and then TCL is making excellent TVs in the U.S. And they are very inexpensive. Right. Over the Christmas break, I went in and did a straw. I was at, at Costco buying lobster, ironically. <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, as I want to do, every time I go to Costco, I walk down the TV aisle. Sure. And I am just knocked out. Again, I was looking at a TCL TV. And I don't I remember which series it is. Eight's their top of the line, right? I think so, yeah. And then six. Is there a seven? I can't remember. But anyway, I, this might have been a six series or if there was a five series. But it was a, a perfectly wonderful looking 50-inch set. And it was like $279. Wow. I mean, yeah. it's like, now I mean, it could have been the last year's mod, But still. But still. $279. I mean, that's a month's worth of Starbucks. Because, I, I mean, 10 years ago, you couldn't have gotten any TV probably for that price. Certainly not a good TV for that price. Exactly. Yeah. And so it is stunning. And I know TCL has some pretty great announcements at the show, actually. I haven't, I haven't actually made it over to their booth to check them out. but it's. Uh, I was actually at IFA in September, which is a, a trade show in Germany. Mm-hmm. And there's a, some companies kind of use that as like a precursor to CES sure. to show off some stuff. And they had... 
They had some um, mini LED stuff that they're now showing here. Yes. Uh, it's fascinating, kind of a next-gen type of product and technology that we'll probably see more of. But, like, man, who, who, that's amazing that this is a company that we wouldn't have even heard of. Exactly. Ten years ago. Yeah, certainly yeah. not. Exactly. Yeah. So TCL, Jeff, and it's mini LED or micro LED? So those are two different things. Yes, they are. And so the current version of that, what you're seeing from TCL and what you'll see kind of in the near future is mini LED, which is just small LEDs, smaller than what you would normally find on a television. And then there's a lot more of them. So the local dimming that kind of creates a very punchy looking image Mm -hmm. can be a lot better, you know, brighter highlights, more detailed, you know, not more detailed shadows, but like better shadow areas and so forth. And then the next generation, which we will eventually see, is micro-LED, which they're starting to, to show as like prototype form, but they're, you know, these are 100-inch, 200-inch, you know, yeah, massive screens right. that they'll eventually shrink down, but not quite yet. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk also where that fits in the world of OLED, because that's another thing. So hold that note. Hey, we're coming back from CES Las Vegas 2020. It's Pop Tech Review. show is brought to you by ERN, the Entertainment Radio Network. Check it out at ERNlive.com. Cancer is the number one cause of death by disease for children in the U.S. today. Since the Austin Hatcher Foundation's birth in 2006, it has grown to provide unique programs to help the children and the families affected by pediatric cancer. Support begins at the time of diagnosis and continues throughout survivorship at no cost to families. Lives touched by the foundation continue to rise each day. But we need your help. Donate, volunteer, or partner with the Austin Hatcher Foundation. Learn how you can get involved. Visit HatcherFoundation.org for more information. This is Popular Technology Radio. This show is presented in part by Bridgestone. We're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. Now, here's your host. Hey, welcome back. It is Pop Tech Radio. Mike Etchart, my good friend Jeff Morrison, is hanging out with me here in the South Hall at CES 2020 in Las Vegas at the Convention Center. We started to dip our toe in televisions, Jeff, because you can't come to CES and not talk about TVs. This you really can't. You really can't. So, yep. therefore, we shall. Yes. Uh, we were talking about TCL, a company we both respect and admire or and like a lot. I love TCL stuff. It's fantastic. They make a good TV. They make a good TV, yeah. and it's really super cost-effective. Yeah. It's almost like it's like they don't sponsor the show, but we're talking about it like they do. So, That's let's talk right. about somebody else. That's let's right. Talk right. About, let's well, talk let's, about LG. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about OLED first. Because, well, you can't uh, talk about OLED without talking about LG. You cannot because... You can't spell OLED without... L, well, an L anyway. That's right. <laughs> All right. OLED, of course, came out. Has it been six years? I can't Something remember. Something like that. Something yeah. like, it's been a long time. And it still is only an LG product. Yeah, yes. so that's a lot of confusion. So there's a number of companies that sell OLED right. televisions, Sony being another big name. Mm-hmm. But LG is the only one who's been able to figure out how to make one inexpensively and big. So, like, on phone sizes, yeah. that's different. Samsung makes OLED. A couple other companies make OLED. But in TV sizes, LG is the only name of the game. Now, I find that surprising because, you know, we are in the golden age of manufacturing technology. And I find it 
surprising that obviously LG is a Korean company that the Chinese manufacturers had not been able to pull that off themselves. My guess is that LG owns a number of the patents Ah, um, and the the way they do OLED is slightly different than you would expect. It's not red, green, and blue light emitting materials. It's actually just like a blue-yellow mixture that they then put color filters on top of. Now, Samsung made an announcement last year that they were going to build, invest $10 billion in a new plant that would do OLED with quantum dots. And that's very interesting because that could be much brighter, much more efficient, much better you know, colors and brightness and yada, yada, yada. And it allowed Samsung to kind of get into the OLED game, which they gave up on because they couldn't get it to work cost-effectively right. a number of years ago. That apparently has been postponed due to like a shakeup in the management or something. But we'll see. But I think that will be the, the kind of the next step, either Samsung doing it or maybe LG with doing quantum dots because it's a logical move for the technology. Now, I thought I saw something online that I briefly saw that was the comparison of, I'm sorry, TCL has mini LED but is coming with micro LED. I'm not sure if they're working on micro, but Sony and or, Samsung oh, are I working see. on gotcha. micro. Okay. Yeah. Do I understand correctly that the mini LED might be brighter than OLED? Is that... Yes. It that's is. for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of surprising because I thought OLED was... Well, OLED has a great contrast ratio because okay, they can do an absolute black, right. but they're not as bright as like a regular LCD, LED, okay. LCD these gotcha. days. Gotcha. Now that's kind of a use case. Like if you watch a lot of TV during the day, then yeah, brighter TV would be better. If you watch mostly movies at night, right. a contrast ratio in the OLED would be better. Sure. But if you're uh, watching sports in, in a bright room... Yeah. OLED's fine, yeah. but... An LED LCD would be better. Yeah. So what, what the both versions of this, but certainly the, the mini LED, is kind of saying is that, well, we can make the contrast ratio pretty much as good as OLED, so they claim, yep. but to be way brighter. Mm. And so that's their kind of where they're going with it. And potentially that could also be brighter or at least better looking than a traditional LED LCD. Oh. Now, so since currently LG is the only true manufacturer of... OLED in a large-scale screen, is that going to really hamper the... Because when OLED was introduced, however many years that was ago, it was thought to be the next thing that everybody's going to be. Yeah. That's, but, yeah. but it seems like that's not the case now. Um, it's slowly kind of moving that way, because if you notice, all the high-end phones use OLED screens. Right. I mean, OLED is absolutely a better-looking image than LCD can create. Sure. But there's the still... small, though. But on the small size, yeah. But with the TV size, part of it is just kind of getting it cost-effective. And LG was the only one who was able to figure that out, of how to make it cost-effective. So it's not, not so much the picture quality aspect of why Samsung or any other company isn't doing it. It's that being able to do it profitably. And LG is the, the only one who could do that so far. So far. But again, if only one company's doing it, they're not motivated to, to bring the price down to a low level. True. Yeah. Although what's happening this year that's interesting is a number of additional companies, including kind of more mid and lower end companies, are coming out with OLED. Oh. Vizio's coming out with okay. OLED. Now, again, right. this is still all LG glass yeah. done kind of slightly different. Let's, you know, maybe the... Well, the electronics are different. You know, each company is going to do slightly different electronics or packaging. But that means that it's potentially going to drive the price down in general for OLED. There you go. All right. I like the way that sounds. On that note, we'll take a quick break. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio. We will be right back.
Now's the time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because we're offering Dodge Power Dollars on the 2019 Dodge Charger and Challenger, which means for each horsepower, you'll get $10 off your purchase. Roll out in a Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye and get $7,970 off. Maybe you'll take off in a Dodge Charger with available 485 horsepower. So come in to your local Dodge dealer now. See dealer for details. Offer not available in vehicle leases. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 2320. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. Your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Now, here's your host. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchard, hanging with Jeff Morrison from the New York Times and, of course, CNET. And we are talking about all kinds of things here at CES 2020 from the South Hall, the Las Vegas Convention Center. We've been talking about televisions and quality. And now, Jeff, we talked about, of course, uh, whatever it was, four years ago, five years ago, Going back even before then, let's go back to the beginning. There was standard definition television. Right. Then we got high def. Hallelujah! It was right. awesome. Yeah. That's Big a, improvement. That's essentially two K. Can we call? Yeah. Can we call that two K. Uh, yeah. For the point of the conversation, sure, we could call it that. Yeah, exactly. And then moving up, then we started seeing four K sets. Right. And uh, which makes sense. The bigger you go, the more pixels you have, the, right. the better and quality. Smaller TVs, you don't really need the extra resolution, but at this point, pretty much every TV is going to be 4K, so and it's, it's not cheap. a big deal. And, and, it's and cheap, they yeah. shoot often in 4K, movies, television, and then they yeah. downgrade it to, not downgrade, but then they convert it down to 2K to conventional high def. Right, right. Or they shoot it in 8K and they bring it down to 4 and then down to sure. HD and yeah, so forth. Yeah, but you want to obviously yeah. have your master quality is going to be the highest resolution yes, you can in those sure. great cameras that they for use sure. to shoot movies and television. Right. And then we saw 8K sets last year. We see more this year. There's no 8K content to the, no. that I and know. And no one should buy an 8K TV right now, but eventually they'll be commonplace just like 4K is now. And it's not expensive for them to put that in. It's not a technology that is dramatically expensive in adding to the cost of the Right. TV. Adding more pixels is kind of the cheapest way to improve a TV. Right. Uh, not, it's not cheap, in, but it is cheaper than yeah. changing the type of material or the whatever. Technology the technology behind it. Yeah, exactly. Behind it. All yeah. right. Yeah. So now that we're all caught up on that. That's right. So now... I hear tell that we're going to be seeing perhaps 4K over the air because right now it's it's either it's 720p or 1080i. That's exactly. right. Thank you very much. Right. So we still Phrases have I don't use anymore. Yeah. It used to be yeah. so commonplace. Um, There's so, two different flavors of what is considered high definition. Right. So uh, there was a you know, number of years ago there was a big transition which I'm sure most people remember that you know switched from old analog TV to HD and the old TVs didn't work anymore and there was a whole thing. And, yes. Um, but now most people probably don't remember that because you know they get their TV from you know cable or satellite, Netflix, Hulu, whatever. But if you live in a metropolitan area and you can afford a call it a thirty dollar antenna, yeah. You can get free, you get free, beautiful free HD. Right now, oh, where yeah. I live, I can't get it. I'm going right. to guess you where live you in live. the sticks. Yeah, I live in the sticks. I you could do get not. it with a coat hanger. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right, yeah. and it's fantastic because it's not just ABC, NBC, CBS. It's probably you got PBS a, channels, right? Get, yeah. Maybe almost twenty different channels. You There's get a lot if if you live in the in the right area. Right. So the companies involved with that, they're still making money, and they want to continue making money. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the broadcast channels are all getting together, and they with a bunch of other technology plate 
people, and they're launching this thing called ATSC 3.0. ATSC 3.0. So ATSC 1.0 was HD. Mm-hmm. It's Advanced Television Standards Committee. Oh. Uh, it actually came out way before. I mean, that's been around for a long time. But uh, anyway, that was HD. And they were working on 2.0. And then they decided to just skip right to 3.0 because why not? And they rolled a bunch of the 2.0 stuff into 3.0. And they're now calling this next-gen TV. And what next-gen TV is, and you're going to start seeing the logo everywhere. You're going to start, here, I can show you the logo. That'll work out well on radio. Yeah, yeah, sure. It always Um, does. And the the next-gen TV TV is going to be free over-the-air 4K. That's kind Free? of the short version of okay. it. Okay, which is awesome if you can get it wherever you live. Yes. So they're changing a number of different aspects of the technology so that, in theory, you might have better reception inside. You might have better rejection of multipath. So if you're near tall buildings, it's not a guarantee. Right. But it's possible. It's also going to be It's an IP-based video format. So okay. it's going to be a lot easier to send it around your home. So one of the demos they have set up at the show here is an actual antenna on the roof of the convention center with an RF cable just, you know, coming from your antenna Uh down into the box. And then this little box doesn't have an HDMI output like you would expect. It only has an IP cable output, Cat5. Internet protocol, of course. That goes into your router. And then anything in your house that's IP connected, whether it's your phone, your laptop, your TV, of course, can watch over-the-air TV. Ah, that's pretty slick. And then there's going to be different aspects to it where, like, are you click on Channel 5 and you can see, okay, well, that's what's playing. But they have maybe, like, a three-minute video on the weather that just runs. And they're going to stream that from the local channel because that's on their website. But they know that you, as a viewer, are going to say, oh, maybe I want to watch a quick thing about the weather today while I'm watching my morning show. You can click that. It'll play, so forth. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And it'll be HDR as well, or be able to be HDR. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be different improvements for audio, so like uh, no more loud blasting commercials. That's oh, a thing of the past. Yes. I mean, it was supposed to be a thing of the past already. But, uh, it seems like I've had that conversation yeah. many years ago. Uh, but that's something else going to happen. It'll be built in uh, a way to boost voices. Okay. So, you know, if, you're, if your TV doesn't do voices too well or yeah. you're, you're, you don't do voices too well, <laughs> right. yeah, um, you can boost those up so that it's not, you're not blasting the television. You're, you can just only hear the voices and actually hear what's going on. Now, some of the cable providers, so let's say with Spectrum or DirecTV or whomever, they are offering some 4K content. Um, some, yeah. they are uh, Then they are offering perhaps some of these mm-hmm. features. But again, this would be for free. For free. Over the air TV, which is awesome. On that note, I support free. (laughs) I don't get it enough, (laughs) but I do support it. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchart, Jeff Morrison. We're coming right back at you from CES 2020. Stay right there. We'll be right back with more Popular Technology Radio. Brembo has been stopping champions on the track as well as drivers like you and me on the street for over 50 years. Whether it's UV-coated brake discs, low-dust premium ceramic brake pads, or high-temperature brake fluid, BremboStoreUSA.com is the place to go to buy genuine Brembo OE-equivalent replacement brake components. Go to BremboStoreUSA.com to help you achieve that 60-0 braking performance you deserve and expect from Brembo. Brembo, the choice of champions and consumers for over 50 years. 
Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio. Now, here's your host. And we are back. Folks, you're listening to Pop Tech Radio. I am Mike Etchard. I've got Jeff Morrison here. We are at CES 2020 in Las Vegas talking about some of the new technologies and products, etc. cetera. We were just talking about ATSC 3, which is free, over-the-air, 4K content with a lot of things that are really cool uh, additions to it for your viewing and listening pleasure at home, if you are able to pick that up, depending on right. where you live. And the reason why this, we're talking about it at CES this year is that two things. One, in 2020, there's a, an expectation of over 60 broadcasters all across the country covering what they claim to be about 70% of the overall population will be able to receive ATSC 3.0 or next-gen TV signals. Wow. So, um, so perhaps you weren't able to get it before, but now you can? Well, it's all a bit in test form. Okay. This has been in the process for years. Now they're finally making the big public push, which mm. is why we're seeing it here. What you also need on top of that is not just the, the stations broadcasting it, but, of course, something to receive it on. Yes. And the CES this year is three companies, Samsung, Sony, and LG, are all announcing televisions that have ATSC 3.0 or next-gen TV tuners yep. built, built in. in. And there are some companies that are not showing actual product yet, but they are talking about doing tuners. So you could add an ATSC 3.0 to an tuner existing television. to your television. Nice. Or the way this really works is that if you add it to your house because you'd be able to oh, get it on whatever. Yeah. One of the demos they had, for example, which I thought was very interesting, was... They had the tuner, and then they had the the cable going into the router, but then they had an Apple TV box set up, Mm -hmm. and you just select the channel that you want to watch, channel 5, channel 7, whatever. You just select that like you would... The Netflix channel or the oh. Hulu channel. Maybe just like, you know, it's a Netflix, yes. Hulu, Channel 5, Channel 7. Oh, gotcha. So know, it would be an app. Disney presu- Plus. Presumably. Right. Yeah, exactly. For your whatever network you want to tap. ABC, right. NBC, CBS. Right. Fascinating. And how that's implemented might change. Maybe it's a specific broadcast TV app and then you go in and you see your right. channels. That's still kind of probably up in the air. But it looked pretty seamless. I was actually quite impressed. I didn't I'm think excited it would be that, about that. that again, I don't know that I can ever get it based on right. I live in a fairly rural area. But, you know, I was growing up in that area as a kid. We could see, it was kind of hard to see, but you got snowy versions of the channels. Well, and that was the complaint about the original transition, is that you could get bad TV at the edge of the broadcast limit. Yes. But when you moved to digital, you either you had On it or you or did not. not. And That's right. Yes. So in theory, you maybe could get it because it would extend it a little bit, maybe because of the way they're doing it. But no, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. But for many people... That's yes. going to be a heck of it. And again, it's free TV. And, if, and know, in theory, very good-looking TV, too. Very good Better looking. than what you would get right. on cable or satellite. Right. Exactly. Well, it's, you know, we're, we are all, and, and you know, as, as I was going to start talking about, that, ironically, you write for CNN, and, and I'm, uh, CNN has a really great uh, six things that will dominate this year's show on their CNN website. And one of the things is services, talking about all the different services. And we've talked about that on the show over the last few months, which is, you know, we got Disney Plus coming online and Apple's new TV service and more coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's turning into all of these services, and we all have to make decisions about what shows are important for us to watch, right. and, you know, because they're all trying to get in our bank account, yep. and, uh, and they love that constant drip of money every month. And so, you know, if you've got a free TV option for some of the major channels, that saves you money. Yeah. If you can get for it, sure. that's fantastic. So yep. I applaud that. I hope it's... Uh, 
And because it is IP-based, I mean, the the likelihood that a tuner box would also have probably a hard drive in it. Yes. So that you could record stuff, kind of going back to the TiVo days. Yes, absolutely. That seems like it would be a likely thing to happen. Yeah. Well, that's all good stuff. All good stuff. And in a time when... Everybody's rolling out subscription services that cost money to hear something that might be yeah. free, depending on where you yeah. live. The non-free aspect of this would be um, that you would probably get targeted advertising, which yep. you could then opt out of if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how the broadcasters and everyone are seen to be able to make money on it, right? Because there's more money to be made in targeted ads versus just blanket. Mm-hmm. But they very clearly say you could you could opt out of that and just get you know whatever stuff. random ads kind of thing. Wow. Well, I'm excited. I'm hoping I can get it. Yeah. Uh, interesting. You know, you mentioned, and we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, we've been coming to this this event for both of us more than 20 years. You know, in the CNET article, they mentioned of the top six kind of trends, health and wellness. Yeah. I am knocked out, as I'm sure Tons. you are, is this show is like taken over by health and wellness. Yeah. It, I mean, like, what used to be, the Venetian used to have a lot of audio gear, like mm-hmm. high-end audio stuff. And now there's basically no high-end audio gear anymore. And then the entire downstairs is now all this health and wellness stuff. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's really interesting and exciting, actually, to see all of the things that uh, that are out there now and coming in terms yeah. of fitness and longevity and all yeah. that stuff and how technology can assist you in that stuff. Are you yourself a user of of any of the any, my phone reminds me twice a day to take my blood pressure medication. Oh, I guess good. that's the that's extent of my absolutely <laughs> the same thing. Totally, 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 totally. And then the other thing mentioned, obviously, in the article is privacy and security. Are we finally yeah. going to see meaningful? Well, and of course, there the, the CNET mentioned in the article that you know consumers are starting to wake up, but also so is the government. Yes, and I think that do we think we're gonna, in 2020 we're going to have some meaningful legislation. Well, one of the one of the things that just came out, uh, I believe it was a CNET thing today, it was on how Ring, which is the yes. video uh, the doorbell doorbell th- people, there was some reports that they were getting they were kind of loose with who could see out your doorbell, and they finally responded to some senators questions about that today, mm. uh, which I believe is on CNET. Speaking of which, to plug it, if, if you want to learn more about the ATSC 3.0 stuff we're yes. talking about, if you just do a search for that, I think I'm You're the coming up. that's coming up. Right but on. you can also add CNET to it, and All right. that, that article would, ATSC, would show up. ATSC 3.0, or Next Gen yeah. TV, I think that'll also okay. show up too, yeah. Check out Jeff Morrison. So do you think the, the government will get tough with some of the big internet companies? The current? Uh, yeah, way the government like is it. not so much, but yeah. who knows where we'll go in the in the future? But I mean, this is something that's not going to get better. You know, no, companies not. companies left to their own devices, which they have been for a number of years, obviously yeah. are are going to want more data on each person as the, as much as they can. So yeah. hmm, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. On that note, we do need to take a quick commercial break. You happen to be listening to Popular Technology Radio from Las Vegas. We'll be right back. This is Popular Technology Radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. We'll be right back. Kia doesn't have to be the oldest SUV maker around, because what they lack in the cautious restraint of age, they make up for with the gravel-pounding ambition of youth. Telluride, Sportage, and Sorento SX, part of the tough-and-ready lineup of SUVs from Kia, with fully active all-wheel drive, torque-vectoring corner control, and forward collision warning. Kia, give it everything. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Forward collision warning is not a substitute for safe driving and may not detect all objects surrounding the vehicle. Always drive safely and use caution. 
back to Pop Tech Radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Now, here's your host. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It's Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchard, and Jeff Morrison, he from the New York Times, and of course, CNET, and we are hanging out at CES 2020 in Las Vegas at the South Hall from the Las Vegas Convention Center. I'm not having a good day with words, apparently. <laughs> you know, Jeff, I wanted to kind of mention, you know, back in the, uh, at the turn of, or I guess the turn of the last century, there was a big push by the government to break up monopolies at yeah. the time. And we're getting to a point now where I'm going to guess, and I don't, I don't really know officially, but I'm going to guess that between Google and Facebook and Amazon, those three companies control a heck of a lot more space than some of those other companies that were broken apart yeah. about 100 years ago. Yeah. Do you think that the government, whether it's this administration or the next, but the government at some point will step in to break up these, let's call them the big three, Google, Amazon. It's it's interesting. I mean, we kind of it's hard to imagine that such a thing would happen, Facebook. but at the same time, it's hard to imagine that it wouldn't. I mean, uh, certainly, like you said, the current pro business mentality and throughout the government is not going to lead to them breaking up any corporation like that. Right. But there is, I think, the push to do so might get louder as these companies branch out into more and more things. I could see that being possible. I mean, I think if you went back 50, 60 years and said, oh, well, they're going to break up Ma Bell, yeah. people would have laughed at you. Yeah. And then also maybe when they were doing it, that you, you would say 20 years later, they'd all be back into like three companies again That's anyway. right. That's exactly uh, Which right. would be also be pretty funny. But And well, now I have the jingle from New England Telephone stuck in my head that I heard as a kid on all the advertisements. <laughs> well, you know, you we're know, the one for you in New England, there New you England go. Telephone. I wonder, though, you know, something happened, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was Monday. You might have seen it. Sonos, you know, a company based That's in, true. I was going to say based here in Southern California. I'm not in Southern California at the moment. <laughs> but but I know, live in mentally, Southern California, yes. as we do. Sonos, a great company, makes great products, and they're suing Google. Yeah, for potentially or, or, or stealing their their, IP. I, their intellectual yeah. property. Exactly. And um, they got into bed with Google to support Google Music. Right. And this was, as they, I think, admit in the lawsuit, they basically said, hey, you know, we, we naively sent over the details of our speakers because Google didn't make speakers yeah. until they did. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so... You know, it'll be interesting. That's going to be a big one to watch, I think, because did Google muscle in on and Amazon in the same way? Did they muscle in on basically what Sonos created? Yeah. Kind of seems like it. Who knows? Is it one of those things where, well, no, we developed our own thing. It just looks the same. Or <laughs> it really? just happened at the same time we saw yours, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We saw the, the, the plans of yours. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's, but, you know, in that space, you know, again, these are big companies, Google, Facebook, and Amazon, and super powerful companies. But then also small teams or smaller teams that work on some of this stuff. So is it possible that someone, I'm going to sound like I'm defending them, I'm I'm not, I'm just, I'm trying to play devil's advocate, that that say they said, oh, okay, well, your guys are doing this. Well, we can also do that. We're going to do it this way. But, you know, obviously, if we're making a home speaker that it connects to the internet, there's going to be similarities to some. Sonos' home speaker that connects to the internet. Right. Well, not internet, but, but you know what I mean. Yes. So uh, I'm glad Sonos is doing it because I think it is important to hold their feet to the candle, so to speak, mm-hmm. of these big companies so yeah. that they're not able to just 
run roughshod over everything, which kind of ties in what you're saying about the government. Is the government is the only thing that can really push back against companies this size mm-hmm. to make sure they're not becoming these all-powerful entities. There has to be checks and balances for everything. You know, I'm sure someone's going to accuse me of being anti-business saying something like that, but it's more of just like, well, no, there's like the pendulum swings. Mm -hmm. And so we have these three companies that, that are massively powerful. Should they be broken up? I don't know. But the only thing that could would be the government. Yes. Yes. Uh, so there's there's going to be two, there's got to be play either way. And periodically, leaders of those three companies kind of come before Congress or, or the Senate, and they they ask questions, and they're oftentimes unsatisfied with the responses they get from these big this companies. This is true. And I'm wondering if if at some point, which is also important to do. Yes, it is, of yeah. course. Um, so will their unsatisfaction with some of the responses they get yeah. and lack of action kind of force their hand to do that. You know, right. again, with it's a pendulum situation. But I think you could certainly make the case that if Standard Oil was going to be broken up in, in whatever that was, 1915 or 19, whatever that was. So I should look it up on the break to see when it was. <laughs> I think Standard Oil was broken up. I'm not entirely sure that it was. Well, let's go with AT&T because they definitely sure, were. Sure, that's right. Exactly. Right. They, they absolutely And look were. what happened. Well, let's, let's use that as an example because that was a technology company is that you had do rent your one phone yes. from the phone company and then you break them all up and look at the innovation that happens yes so uh, i don't know that that what might happen if you would break up a yeah. google or a facebook or anything else but it's not to say that oh it's going to be a bad thing it, yeah. maybe it's a good thing sure i, I don't know sure. no one Absolutely. does yeah. which is probably a good reason maybe to do it or not to do it i, I don't know but yeah. it is inter- it is it's possible something like that might be inevitable given how powerful these things are and one thing power hates is more power, and yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But you know, I, I am struck by, and again, as we talked about, I live in a in a semi rural area, and you know, it's hard when you live not near a call it a Target or you know mm-hmm. whatever. It's it's so easy to fall back on Amazon, right? And I'm trying to. I love Amazon. But I'm also trying to not empower Amazon any more than I already do. Yeah, and, I, and I've thought of that too. Where I mean, I, I do. I'm, I'm more of the lazy side. Where like I'll just yeah. I'll just order it. It'll show up whenever. But then I recently found a uh, a gaming store near me. It's called Fire and Dice, and they sell board games and stuff. And there was a number of things where I had friends that we were going to play some board games when they were over. I'm like, I'm going to go over there, and I made it a point to like, yeah, yeah. that's something support I could walk local. to. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. and like I'm going to support my this local company. Yeah. That's like, wow, that's a neat little business you got there. It's unique to the area. Yeah, I'll get, throw a couple bucks your way nice. and take a slight, slight inconvenience on my part for not getting the exact thing yeah. I wanted when I wanted. I could just. Oh, that'll, that'll do, and I'll do that from you guys. And, and I'm seeing that in, in the town I live in as well. You know, kind of people wanting to support the local business, which yeah. is great. All right, on that note, we're taking a break. You're listening to Pop Deck Radio from CES. We're coming right back. This show is brought to you by ERN. The Entertainment Radio Network. Check it out at ERNlive.com. Now's the time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because we're offering Dodge Power Dollars on the 2019 Dodge Charger and Challenger, which means for each horsepower, you'll get $10 off your purchase. Roll out in a Challenger SRT Hellcat Red Eye and get $7,970 off. 
Maybe you'll take off in a Dodge Charger with available 485 horsepower. So come in to your local Dodge dealer now. See dealer for details. Offer not available in vehicle leases. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 2320. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to Pop Tech Radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Now, here's your host. Hey, we're back. It's Pop Tech Radio. Mike Etchard, Jeff Morrison from the New York Times and CNET is hanging out with me here in Las Vegas. Another thing that's kind of on the lips of people here. Now, don't forget, there is something called the Mobile World Congress. It happens in Barcelona, Spain in February. Not a bad spot. I don't I, don't I think I'd rather be there than Vegas. Yes, I would. Okay, I don't think I definitely would rather be there than Vegas. <laughs> I don't but even okay. need to think about it. I'm no, quite sure. No, quite beaches sure. and tapas? Are you kidding yeah. me? Instead of the desert? And Where do I sign up? Ugh. Where do yeah. I sign up? But anyway, that is the big mobile event. There's certainly a mobile presence here. But apparently, there is a 5G network here in Vegas. So we're heading into, I think AT&T just launched. Well, they're calling it a low-band 5G network in Vegas. But are you excited about 5G? I'm not. And maybe well, should we I back should up be- slightly to explain? 5G versus well, so, so your earphone now at, uh, generally is going to have 4G, so which is a, a LTE, which is a, a high speed internet over your phone, mm-hmm. so you can stream video and stuff. Upgraded from 3G, which yep. was you know yada yada yada. So anyway, 5G is a big step up in speed, huge in theory. It could open up a number of different things because not only could you have this higher speed, but then you know, there's more bandwidth available. More people could stream video all on the same network at the same time. That kind of stuff. So it's it's interesting, and there's people on both sides. One side saying, "Oh no, this is terrible," and then the other side saying, "Oh my god, this is going to be the next thing." They want it to be the next thing. They, they being do. the carriers and the companies, of course, they want the to get both, you sell right. you a new phone yes. and so forth because your old phone's not going to be able to do it. Well, and it's funny you mentioned phones because it doesn't seem it's been that long. You know, when there were lines around the block when a new iPhone would be introduced, and I was moderately interested in the next new phone. Right. I'm not in anymore at all mm. interested. I just don't care that much. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if that's typical, you know, or, or you know, because it's easy to have sort of new tech fatigue. You know, it could we just kind of yeah. go, uh, and I kind of feel like five G is kind of part of the malaise, shall we say, mm. of just in general the new Android or the new iPhone that comes out every year, and it's right. yes, it's incrementally better, but is it worth going and? Getting it's not incremental is the I think the big thing there where it is kind of there's very few things that could come out that would be oh this is the next revolution whereas those first few years it really yeah oh wow look at that every year was remarkably better and cooler and now there is going to be anyone who's even remotely internet savvy about this stuff is going to be like oh yeah well that new iPhone has that but you know the Pixel had that last year sure or they had this this thing and so there's less of that wow oh my god factor yeah but with the 5G and like. Do you necessarily care that your internet is that much faster on your phone? I don't think most people are thinking, oh, my phone is so slow most of the time. No. So, you know, it's not like you're going to stream that much better video. You can kind of already stream video and it's fine. And So it could be an improvement. There's some discussion that, you know, maybe you're not going to get 5G walking around the city, but it might make... 
how your 4G works a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So you might just get a little bit better of what the speeds you have now. Well, you know, ironically, ultimately, the thing I want is for, for to have better coverage for and, my telephone. Right. So that's possible that <laughs> that might be exactly. something that come in. But, the, um, but there's also other stuff like connecting things with high bandwidth requirements that might be more possible now with 5G that you couldn't really do with 4G. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that they were talking about, which I, I need to look into more, one of my colleagues was telling me about, of just having like more connected farm equipment. Yeah, um, yes. And it's like an automated combine harvester, something yeah. kind of going out in the fields and doing its thing, but relaying all of this additional data back. Yes. So you can go, oh, okay, well, this part of the field, well, I should do this here and this. And I don't know, you're the farmer. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm it's, making stuff you up. You know, it's interesting. It's, it's funny because I'm going to a farm trade show in February. No. Nice. Uh, you know, uh, and it's it's uh, there's a lot of riderless tractors. Yeah, I bet. And um, you know, one of my favorite YouTubers has uh, this guy's Harry Metcalf, and he founded Evo Car Magazine, which uh-huh. is this sure. amazing yeah. car magazine. And he does a YouTube channel where he kind of reviews old and new cars, and he's very affable. He's just like this, you know, kindly British gent. But he's a farmer. His, his oh. real job is a farmer. So he started a secondary channel because he was he featured one of his tractors in one of the episodes, and he was like everyone went crazy for it. So we did a whole separate channel on the farm stuff. Oh, neat. And one of the things he showed is um, how his, his all GPS, and oh. he's in it, but he doesn't need to drive it. He's just sitting in it, and yeah. it just does its thing. I'm like, man, that's a good, that's <laughs> that's a good a gig. Yeah. Now, I know there's more to it. There's more to it, absolutely. But, yeah. but, 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 but why not make it automated? Right. And if 5G's going to improve something like that or the possibilities, then I, I sure. applaud it. So on that note, Jeff, quickly, where can folks find you if they want to find your great writings? Uh, CNET, for sure. Yep. And um, I, I post a lot of cool photos to Instagram. Awesome. Um, it's not pictures of food and stuff. It's like tra- my tra- I, I yes. spent about six months of the year traveling, so I usually do a lot of travel photos, and that's you can either look it up under my name or inveterate adventurer if you want to spell there that. you go and that's why you're my hero because you travel a lot and on that note folks thanks for listening in don't forget we are podcast checks out wherever you get your podcasts and a big thanks to radio america they transmit us out to all the wonderful terrestrial stations that carry us so on that note thanks for listening in folks have a great week we will see you next time on pop tech radio If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. It'll take you as far as you want to explore with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. It'll take you off the beaten path with 8.7 inches of ground clearance plus standard X mode with hill descent control. Welcome to the all-new best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you. EPA estimated highway fuel economy for the 2020 Screw Outback non-turbo models. Actual mileage may vary.